Hello there, welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. In this podcast, we are real about the hard things that happen in life, but we try to find God's goodness through all of it. And through the light of God's truth, we can see that there is good even in our hard situations. This is the second episode of the Win series, and this is When You Feel Shame. And what is shame? I think a lot of us feel shame about certain things, but we don't really know what it is. Shame can be felt about something that you have done. Shame can be about a circumstance. And shame can even be about something that someone has done to you or something that has been done to you. And I want to be clear too that guilt and shame are not the same thing. Guilt happens when we have something, we've done something wrong and we feel convicted about it. For example, if you lied or you cheated, you feel bad about doing that because it's a sin. So guilt is a good thing because we're feeling remorse for that sin, which leads to repentance and turning away from that. Shame is different because it's not just recognizing what you've done, but it's identifying yourself as your mistake. Instead of saying that I feel bad that I lied, you're saying I am a liar. And that is putting a name on yourself or identifying as your mistake instead of just noticing the mistake that you made. And shame comes from the enemy because he wants you to feel like a failure and he wants you to feel disqualified. He knows that we can be powerful in God's kingdom and he wants us to knock down our identity and to identify ourselves with our mistakes instead of seeing ourselves as God sees us. So a couple of really great examples about shame come from two of my absolute favorite people. Well, the first one is a movie, not a person, but the first one is The Lion King, and it is such a beautiful example of shame, and specifically about something that's done to you. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Lion King, you definitely should watch it. It's been out for a while, so get on that, watch it. It's awesome. And in the movie, Scar wants to become king, And to do that, he kills Mufasa and blames Simba for it. And Simba, he believes this lie that it was his fault. And so when Scar comes to him, he says, what have you done? And Simba thinks that it's his fault. And so Scar convinces him to run away and never return. And so Simba runs away because he's ashamed. He thinks that he messed up, but really Scar killed his dad. It was something that was done to him, but instead... Simba believed a lie and he identified with that lie that he had done something wrong and that he was a murderer, that he killed his dad and that it was all his fault. He identified with that. Then he has an encounter with Mufasa in the clouds and Mufasa tells him, remember who you are. And when Simba has a a conversation with Rafiki about that encounter, Rafiki reminds him about what we can do with our past. You can either run from it or learn from it. And so he remembers that he is the son of the king and decides to return to Pride Rock. He restores the kingdom and it's a happily ever after story because he remembers his identity. He remembers who he really is and he loses that shame of what was done to him or believing the lie that he had done something wrong. And then the other great example is Moses who is 
besides God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, Moses is my favorite character in the Bible. And Moses did something wrong in in the beginning of his story when he's still in Egypt in the beginning. He kills a man and Pharaoh is angry with him and he is scared of dying and he's ashamed. And so he runs to Midian. And when he runs to Midian, that's where he, he meets his wife and that's where God calls him um, through the, the fiery bush. And But that's not, we don't remember Moses as someone who killed a man. We remember Moses for splitting the Red Sea, delivering the Israelites out of Egypt And so if Moses had decided to live in that shame for the rest of his life that he had killed a man, he could have missed that opportunity that God had to use him. But instead, he stepped out of that shame and returned to Egypt and brought the Israelites out of Egypt. And so we don't automatically think of Moses' mistake. We think of his story and how God used him. When God approached him when he was in Midian, where Moses had run away to when he felt ashamed. God came to Moses in that burning bush. And what did he tell Moses? Did he say, you're a murderer? No, that's not what he said. But he also didn't come to Moses with flattery. He didn't say, oh, you amazing little guy. Like, yeah, you go. No, Moses, he came to Moses and he said, hi, I am God. I'm the God of your fathers. And I made a promise to the Israelites And I'm going to bring them out of Egypt. I'm going to fulfill that promise and I'm going to use you to do it. You're going to be my mouthpiece. And so you're going to go back to Egypt and you're going to bring them out. Moses is kind of hesitant with this plan. And he's very humble. But when he is questioning it, he's like, who am I to do this? And God doesn't, again, he doesn't flatter Moses. He doesn't say, oh, you're a great speaker and I'm going to use you. You're wonderful. Because I think sometimes we want to revert to flattery. Encouragement is different than flattery. And God did not use flattery. Instead, he reminded Moses of who he is. He said, I am who I am. Who gives man his mouth? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. And this is all from Exodus 3 through 4. But he commands Moses to go Because he reminds Moses of who he is. He doesn't remind him of who Moses is. He reminds Moses of who God is. And so Moses, instead of living in that shame from killing a man in Egypt and running away and staying away, God calls him to go back to Egypt because of who God is and because of the promises that God had made. And because of that, Moses ended up having an amazing story with how he delivered the Israelites out of slavery. And so I think that's super important for us to remember that everyone in the Bible, of course, besides God, everyone in the Bible has messed up. In Hebrews 11, which is like the great faith chapter, it lists all these people who choose to follow God and they have faith even despite crazy circumstances. And a couple of examples from Hebrews 11 are Abraham and Noah. And when we first think of those two Bible characters, what do we think of? Well, for Abraham, I don't know about you, but for me, like the first thing that comes to my mind is that he's the father of nations and that God promises him that he'll have as many descendants as there are stars in the sky and as there are sand on the shore. And Noah, I automatically think of him building an ark. You know, God told him to build an ark even though there was no water around, but he was obedient and he built the ark and he saved his family and a bunch of animals. But we don't 
really focus on when we first think of those names, we don't focus on their mistakes. Because both of them made mistakes. It's in the Bible. Abraham lied about his wife, Sarah. He told the rulers that, that, he, that she was his sister because he didn't want to have trouble, which ended up causing more trouble. But he lied. And Noah had this issue where he got drunk. And so both of them had these mistakes. But when we think of Abraham and Noah, we don't think of their mistakes usually right away. We usually think of the way that God used their story. And so I'm wondering why, when we're reading these stories in the Bible and we hear about these Bible characters, we focus on their story and see the impact of that and we overlook their mistakes. But when we look at our own lives, why do we overlook how God can use our story and instead choose to focus on our mistakes or what's happened to us or our terrible circumstances? Why do we live in that shame instead of seeing the opportunity and the possibilities and the way that God can use us? God used so many people in the Bible who have messed up in so many different ways. He's used murderers. He's used drunks. He's used liars. He's used everybody. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is. God can use you and he can use your story. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 31, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So God, this is a great example of how he calls the qual. He doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He doesn't pick people who have things all together. He can use us as broken people, and he can use our stories. I've had situations where I felt shame for both things that were just like circumstances, like things that were a part of my story that I didn't choose, but I've also felt shame about things that I have done. The circumstance one, I've always kind of felt shame about my adoption story, like why my birth parents gave me up or why my birth father wanted to abort me. Like that was a hard thing and I took that as shame and I identified myself as being a mistake or being an accident or not being worth it to them or being less important than other people because their parents wanted them. And so that was a shame name tag that I wore. That was how I identified myself. And that was not something that someone told me. That was something that the enemy told me. He told me that that's who I was. And I've also made mistakes and have worn that name tag on myself. When I struggled with an eating disorder, I just wanted to hide And I didn't want to tell anybody about it. And I tried to hide it and just not share about it because I was ashamed. And I wore that name tag of dealing with that and feeling shame and just trying to pretend that it wasn't there. And this all, this whole situation of shame started in Genesis 3 with the fall. Right after Adam and Eve took of the fruit, the very next verse, starting in verse 7, 
Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid. What did they do when they were ashamed? They realized what they did. They were ashamed. And so they tried to cover themselves. They tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. And then they tried to hide. They thought they could hide from the Lord. And sometimes we think that same thing. Whenever it can be situations where that have happened to us, like things can happen to us and we feel shame about that. It can also be that we feel shame about things that we have done ourselves and we try to cover it up with other things. Maybe we try to do good things to cover up that feeling of shame by going to church or serving other people, which are great things, but sometimes we try to use that to cover up our shame. We can also try to hide and pretend that it's not there or hide from the people that we love because we're ashamed of the situation that we're in. However, it doesn't work. God can still see us. God called to the man, where are you? But he very well knew where he was. Sometimes he asks us that, where are you? So that we ask ourselves that same question and we realize that God can see us right where we are. But we can't cover ourselves with the things that we do. And we can't cover ourselves and we can't hide. The only thing that can cover us is his love and his blood. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for us and that's what covers us so that we can be whole and that our shame is taken away from us. The thing about shame is that it is putting on an identity that is not true. It's putting on the identity of our mistakes or things that have happened to us. However, those things cannot define us. The only person who can define us is God. Why is that? It's because God created you, God bought you, and he owns you, which means you are his. He is the only one with the authority to define who you are. In Genesis 1.26, it says, Let us make man in our image. He made us in his image. And we are also, if you are a believer, you are bought with the blood of Jesus and your life is his. 1 Corinthians 6 19 through 20 says, Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. So the only thing that matters in our identity is what God says about us. People that we know, like our friends, can give us nicknames, and we can hear things about our reputation, but those things are not who we are. Our identity is found in God alone. And so that's super important for us to remember that if we want to know who we are, it's not in what we've done. It's not in what is said about us. It is only in who God is and what he says about us. And some great places to find more about what he says about us are Psalm 139 and Ephesians 1. Those have great verses talking about how God knows. He knows every little thing about us. He was there when we were formed. And in Ephesians 1, it talks about how he chose us and we are adopted into his family. So those verses talk about who we are in God, and that is our true identity. You see, Satan tries to give us shame, either for what we've done or what's happened to us. But God 
gives us a name. And not our own name. He doesn't name us in that way. He gives us his name. When he came to Moses in the burning bush, he didn't say, you are awesome. He said, I am who I am. And these are the promises I've made. And this is how I can use you in my story. And he does the same thing with us. He gives us his name. This is who he is and how he can use us. Your mistakes, that doesn't disqualify you from being used by God. Satan gives us shame. He tries to make us identify with our mistakes and with what's happened to us. But God gives us his name and that is the only thing that matters. So thank you for joining me today for episode two of the Win series, When You Feel Shame. You can find me on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. Please join us next week for When Your Heart is Broken.